Look, he's right on top of us. Wonder if he's using the same wind we are using. Whoever he is, he's too late. See? The cliffs of insanity! Hurry up! Move the thing! And that other thing! Move it! podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm Brandon Sharp. I'm Zach Smith Michaels. <laughs> and I'm Mitchell Dupree. And tonight we're discussing The Princess Bride and asking, is this a kissing movie? Ew, gross. Oh. <laughs> Zach, why don't you give us the synopsis for The Princess Bride? A young boy is sick in bed. And his grandfather comes over to read him a story that his father read to him and his father read to him and so on and so forth. What is this story about? It's about a beautiful maiden named Buttercup and her servant Wesley. After Wesley is taken away from her, she's gonna get married to the prince. However, she's kidnapped by three dangerous villains and they're pursued by a masked figure. What is he up to? What's going on? Will Buttercup be saved? Where's Wesley? Well, tonight we're going to do something a little different. We're just going to open this up for a general discussion. But before we do that, I would love to talk about how The Princess Bride holds up to other fairy tales. I don't want to bury the lead here. I think The Princess Bride is a perfect fairy tale. I think it is perfect. I think you have great heroes, great villains. There's love. There's revenge. It has everything that you want in a fairy tale. What are some other fairy tales that are maybe like near perfect also, or maybe some that just fall short? You guys can take that whatever way you want. What do you think? Yeah. In that vein, I think Peter Pan is one of my favorite oh, yeah. stories. I grew up with Peter Pan. The Mary Martin Broadway version is is my favorite but I mean, most of them are are good and passable. And I think when you were talking about that, you know, Peter Pan has romance. Peter Pan has pirates. Peter Pan yeah. has, you know, just just a whole bunch of his stuff. But I think that one of the big differences is that the ending of Peter Pan is like really sad. Where like Peter won't go in with Wendy and her family, even though they offer because he just refuses to grow up. And he's going to spend the rest of his life being like this lonely like boy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the Princess Bride it's a, it's a happy ending where all the characters mm-hmm. end up getting what they want, which you know that that really is what you want in a fairy tale. You're uh, happily ever after. You absolutely That's, want that. Yeah. I feel like you picked one of the few older ones that like it kind of like it has some weird elements, but it kind of holds up like it like Peter Pan is fun and there's a lot of good things going for it. Whereas when I think of like old fairy tales like you know, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and stuff like that. I'm, I just watched that and I'm like, when did people find this entertaining? When did people actually Ooh. enjoy? I don't care for this. Yeah. Are you talking about Disney? The Disney one? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the one in the popular culture, right? I mean, there's, yeah, 50 right. other iterations, but. Yeah, it, it's funny that, that you bring that up because I remember watching Cinderella a while ago, the Disney one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this movie is like 80% the mice doing goofy things. And Cinderella's in the movie for like 20 minutes 
maybe that movie and should like, be called Gus Gus sequences. the Gus Gus story. <laughs> it, it really, it really should. Mm, I think I would yeah. love that more. That yeah. sounds like a great movie. Yeah. Whereas, and the thing is, like, the focus is like Buttercup is the main character of Princess Bride. Right. Right. When I was thinking about this question, I didn't go right towards the Disney movies, but I agree; those are some of the better options for good fairy tales. I think a couple things that came to mind, maybe a little more in the same vein as The Princess Bride, is something like Stardust which is mm. abysmal, you know, just it's, it's, okay. it's bad. Okay. It's pretty bad. And it's boring to me. I think the princess yeah. bride has so much going for it. And I was really, I was really just taken off guard. This was my first watch through and I was betting that I wouldn't be a fan of it. And it, it turned, I turned out to be absolutely wrong. I, right. I absolutely loved this movie. It was great. Well, yeah, I can't believe I've I can't believe I've just now seen it. This is like my new favorite movie. Like, it's honestly like one of my new favorite movies and it blows my mind. I hadn't seen it until very recently. But Brandon, you just hit on my big thing about the movie because you were saying like you thought you weren't going to like it going in into it. And one of the things about this movie that's so brilliant is that the first character we meet is a character who doesn't want to hear the story is a character mm-hmm. who's feeling the way the audience feels. Cause I that's think there's that sense point. of like yeah. someone older is going to show you this movie at some point and you're going to be like, Oh, okay. the princess bride. No, thank you. The main character's name is buttercup. You want me to listen to a yeah. movie about buttercup for two hours? No, thank you. Yeah. So there's already a character who's like kind of where you, where you're feeling as the audience members, which is one of the, brilliant brilliant things about the movie and one of the things i love is like the tone of the movie is so unapologetic like we're a fairy tale like get used to it yeah right how do you feel about that storytelling narration style movie complete with the interruptions from the kid did you guys uh, like that or i really did it made me feel like we were a part of the story like i'm just hearing a bedtime story in a sense you know so yeah. I, I appreciated the interruptions. They even, I think, use those interruptions to good comedic effect sometimes where, mm-hmm. you know, I can sense you're getting a little bit nervous. Don't worry. You know, it's not a big deal. I appreciate it. The eel doesn't moments. get her. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. It's funny because, and I, I don't know how big of a deal like nitpick criticism was back when this movie came out. But, you know, I think about the remake of Beauty and the Beast, where they try to fix every single little issue that's been made up of people making jokes on the Internet. And this movie seems to take that to the nth degree for like every time when you might go "Uh," like the kid is kind of like that. Oh, I don't know about this. Like, you know, is that like cinema sins? Like, oh, ding, you know, another sin. Oh, she's not my wife. And, you know, like that thing. And it's kind of the grandpa going, will you just shut up and listen to the story? Which that's that's what I want to say to people who watch films and make bad criticisms. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) On the pedestal. PSA. (laughs) Rants against modern film criticism. (laughs) I've been waiting to talk trash about cinema sins and I finally got to do it. When have you been Uh, waiting? The the soapbox. Yeah. When have you you held back? What have you held back? That's what I want to know. Yeah. There's never been a movie that we've talked about that seems to engage with potential bad criticism. 
you know, that we've watched because they're all just kind of like just being movies for lack of a better term. Whereas this one is like very aware of how the audience is feeling and what the audience is going through. And it's kind of like calming the audience down going like, all right, relax, like take it easy. And I'm not saying that this isn't a movie, but we haven't seen a movie that kind of, you know, talks to, to that audience also that addresses the cynic. Yeah, but I think it's not addressing the cynic. I think it's addressing the general movie going audience. Like here is the structure of a story you're used to. And we're going to subvert it a few times. I think there's also something to the fact that this movie is extremely unapologetic. Yeah. And it knows exactly what it is. It's not trying to take itself too seriously. It is just a fun time. I think you could try to sit there and pull on different threads, but it's, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's not worth it. No, it's it's you're going to ruin your fun is what you're going to end up doing. Yeah. And it just feels like a movie that I would stay away from or maybe poke fun at, like you were saying. But because it is so like meta, there's right. no room for me to poke fun. That's interesting because well, the thing that I think sells the movie for the two of you is that self-referential thing. Yes. Which yes, feels yes, yes. I I wasn't as locked into that. Like I, you know, was okay. aware, but it was really just the strength of the storytelling itself. There are very yeah. few, I think, fairy tales that are this tight. I you agree. know, I think the the jokes land. I think the romance is pretty romantic. The adventure is fun. One of the best sword fights I've ever seen in any movie. Mm, uh, like yeah. it does all of those things at the same time. So I, I was just moved by the strength of the movie itself. I don't mean to say this movie is like tongue in cheek, like a like a Deadpool or something. Right. I think right. I, that's not what I'm saying. Right. I think and I let's actually focus on the, the sword fight for a minute. Instead of just like a, a, a duel, like a fight to the death. These guys are having fun with each other. They're having, you know, like they're, no, it's they're more of a battle with of wit. Yeah, it's more of a battle of wits. It has very little to do with the actual sword fighting. And I'm not I think, left-handed either. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, <laughs> so good. It's, yeah. It was it was those scenes. that's like, yeah, we know this is a little ridiculous, but we don't care. We're having fun. I think I think that's what that's what I'm talking about. No, I agree. Maybe yes, that's the same no, thing for yeah, you, Mitch. I, yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny. One of the things that I was going to say, too, is that this movie also isn't afraid to get dark in some places. Like, I mean, for as kind of silly as it looks now, like I remember when I was a kid, the big rat scene being scary and the scene where the six fingered man takes away a year of his life. I remember I was like, this is this is scary. And the moment where Anigo Montoya gets into that big fight with the guy. And at the end, the guy says, like, what do you want? Like, you know, I'll give you anything. I'll give you anything. And he has that. I want my father back. You you know, like I was like, that's a good, like strong moment. So the movie is fun and goofy and silly, but it's also not afraid to, like, kind of go into the depths of its own soul. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like Brandon saying, the ridiculousness of that sword fight, like the rats. Oh, like they're having a ball with this because they don't care that they look ridiculous. Right. They do have that little meta. You know, what about the what do they say? The R.O.? Es or something rou like and, and I was like what is that and then immediately like the rats of unusual size and then it jumps out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> yeah. One of the yeah. funniest <laughs> moments I've seen in a movie in a long time. <laughs> They're just having yeah. fun. Oh my gosh. Any other favorite moments? I mentioned the sword fight a little bit, but any other favorite moments from this movie? 
when I lived with Mitch, every story that starts that way is I'm done deal. Let's go. I used to scream (laughs) at random all the time. The cliffs of insanity. Hurry up. All the time. That all the time. It can't be overstated how often he said that. What was the context? There was never a context, just Brandon. For me, for just, me to I'm say, eating a bowl of no, cereal. It, the cliffs of insanity. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, going to the bathroom. Like, the cliffs of insanity. Yeah. All right. See you later. Oh, I'm going my. to work. The cliffs of insanity. The cliffs of insanity. Yeah. It's every word out of Wallace Shawn's mouth yes. in this movie. Yes. Is perfection. He's like, a revelation. One of one of my things when I was a kid, and I don't feel this as much now, but when Wallace Shawn dies in the movie, I was like. This kind of lulls for a while till we get to Billy Crystal. That's what I said now, when I watched it last night with a buddy. I was like, oh no, Wallace Shawn's gone? What am I supposed to do for the next 45 mm. minutes? <laughs> yeah, like when I was a kid, and now as an adult, like, you know, I kind of get all the other jokes and everything. But as a kid, I was like, oh, he's he's not in the movie any... Like, I kind of felt like he was the main character of, of this movie. He is easily he's, the standout star. He's the Troy Bolton of mm. this one faux show. Yes. Yeah. And he is just like Troy again, he's Bolton. Leaving. <laughs> it's he's not, leaving. It's not what you just mode. said. I'm in Disney mode. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he, Wallace Shawn is leaving it all out there. And, and again, like my, my hat is off to Andre the Giant and Mandy Patinkin because I feel like you could very easily try to fight him for center stage. Yeah. Like, I mm. feel like it would be very easy to fall into that, like, I'm going to be funny too, but they just support him so But they well. don't. You're right. You're right. They don't that fight trio him. And that's what perfection. makes the trio work, because then they're straight manning, and it's super funny as well. Let's pull on the Wallace Shawn thread a little bit more. Oh, He's yeah. clearly a villain in this movie. I think there are two other clear villains in this movie. And I want your guys' take on this. Maybe just some of the well, distinctions between the the three. Right. Well, it's funny because when you said who's the best villain, I actually didn't think of Wallace Shawn. Like, and okay. when I think of Princess Bride, I immediately think of Princess uh, of Wallace Shawn. But when you said who's the best villain, he's not the one who comes to mind because he's so funny and I like him so much. Yeah, he's not it's a villain those other. Me. It's those other two jerks, the the prince whose name I can't be bothered to remember. Is it Humperdinck? Humperdinck. Yes. How do you yes, not remember that? Of course. How do you forget Humperdinck? Because yeah. I can't be I can't be bothered to remember his name because I'm having too much fun <laughs> with all the other characters. I think of Humperdinck, but when I think of who's the actual villain, it's the six fingered man. Yes. The count. Yeah, he is terrifying. Eh, that's strong. I just took one year of your life away. I thought he kind of made me laugh. He didn't make you you guys laugh? No, I was scared. Man, when he had the line where he's like, and remember, this is for posterity, so try to be honest. <laughs> That's really He's got some comedic chops. He, he made me laugh. Though, the scene with Wesley writhing on that table. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a that's a little much. Meow. I thought that's the that's the goodness gracious. Don't know what that <laughs> no. meant. That, well, that's what's scary about him is that some the count was funny and scary. Like he's unpredictable, and I think that's what makes him more. Whereas Humperdinck and Humperdinck is just very suffering in Gilder if she dies. Whereas you know the other guy was yes. scary. 
You know what I didn't appreciate? That they made the other torture dude. His name is just the albino. Uh, uh, it, it was a little in poor taste to me. I don't know. He was kind of a 2020. Of despair. <laughs> don't, hear him. don't even think about trying to escape. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Really, I, guess, really I guess I was trying to figure out what was on his upper lip. It was just like he had eaten a brownie or something and kind of just didn't. Like wipe his mouth afterwards. It was just like there throughout the this whole is, time. Do you guys you guess what I'm talking about? No, I but do. I bet this is the kind of movie where that is exactly what happened. It feels that way a little <laughs> bit. <right? laughs> you want to know what I really think? Yes. I think this. I think what the Princess Bride. Before this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Princess Bride is the good version of yeah. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Jeez. Jeez. I'm just going to describe what's happening at this point. Zach has, Zach has taken prayer. off his headphones and he's gone. The Lord Mitch prayer. is still Mitch is still here, but he <laughs> they're both incredible. But come on, that's all I. Got. I'm not going to say anything else for the rest of this episode. <laughs> For some reason, they feel similar to me. Well, they're both very... Uh, what? They're, they're old Mitch, can you tell Brandon that they're both very, very silly? Zach, Zach you're going to have to talk to me at some point. All Zach right, says they're both very, very silly, Brandon. We are in this We are in this together. You're going to have to talk to me again at some point. Like right now, it'd be a good time. Let me tell you about what I actually meant. Yeah, please. The only please. reason I said it that way was to, was to incite a riot, <laughs> which I clearly yeah. did, so... What Brandon won Zach zero. Anyway, so what I what, what this is legitimately uh, maybe the most I, angry both of I these know. people been on the podcast. Uh, what I what I actually meant was Zach, give me give me give me a chance here. All right, <laughs> what I actually meant was this was my, that was my first time watching Monty Python. This was my first time watching The Princess Bride. What I meant was. They both felt very similar to me before I watched them. I had a similar attitude about them before I watched them. And I was very honest about the way I felt about Monty Python when we recorded that episode. I'm sure it's great. I, I can understand why people love it. I think maybe had the circumstances been a little different, I would have loved it more. I think it would cater more towards a crowd, almost like a mob mentality. I think those would have helped. Regardless. All I'm saying is, after I finished both movies, I enjoyed myself more during The Princess Bride than I did during Monty Python. That's all I meant. I didn't. I didn't. Right. Right. Mean anything more than that? There's a similar mob appreciation for The Princess Bride. Right. When I saw it at work today, and I this think was that's, my first time watching it, because uh, yeah. I didn't remember Zach that I had watched it with you. I guess before. Yeah, we watched it together, and I I think you left, or I remember you not like watching all of it. Okay, so this was my first like deep watch through everyone at work was like what and I think going back to what I said earlier The thing that Princess Bride has that Monty Python doesn't have his grandpa You know what I mean? Like you literally mm. you have the grandson who doesn't want to hear the story Like who would rather be playing bait that baseball video game or would like rather hear a cooler story Which I used to own. Yeah, I'm ooh. That's fun. But <laughs> I, I think that like in Monty Python you don't have grandpa who's like, you know, winning you over to like the story grandpa and 
Fred Savage act as a bit of an anchor. They do. They do. To mm-hmm. reality. Yeah. Is reality the right word here? They act as a bit of an anchor. And I think maybe that's what, to me, because they're both cult classics. I think Monty Python lacks that anchor that kind of tethers it to the earth. You know, it just takes off like a rocket in a certain direction, which is great. I think they're, for a first time viewer, and maybe, you know, I, maybe I just needed someone who had seen it before to watch it with me and be like, right, this is what's but, happening. But that's built in, you know, in Princess Bride. Yeah, it is built yeah. in. It is absolutely built in. It's it's user proof. talk about best performance when you talk about best performance what do you look at do you look at who is the best actor do you go who's funniest because i feel like you could slice it so many different ways and i think the the actor who has to do the most and i'm probably going to butcher his his last name i think the actor who kind of has the most on his plate is mandy patinkin because oh, yeah. oh, that's right yeah Mandy because you know like i feel like wesley like he he is a little funny but he leans more into the charming wallace sean is just going full full comedy whereas i feel like you know uh Inigo montoya you have to find him funny at, at first you have to find him threatening at some point you yeah. also have to really feel for this character too you have to be rooting for him like i feel like he kind of has the most that he has to do and he really just rises to the occasion magnificently well. I for sure cared more about Anigo Montoya's arc than Wesley. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Oh, sure. I Absolutely. Invested in that story. I agree. I think what does it for me when I think about best performance is who's adopting the premise the way they should yes. be. So like we we've often talked about the Star Wars prequels. Ewan McGregor is the best part almost like he's not in on the joke. A movie like Princess Bride lends itself. Do you want everyone to be in on yes. the joke? Does that make I mean, sense? Yeah. We're like, we're like you and McGregor is off doing his own thing. And he's almost single-handedly trying to save these movies in, in this situation. You want everyone like the best people are the ones in on, in on the joke. They have um, totally embraced the movie that they're in. And I think Mandy Patinkin does it the yes. best. Also, the sword fight again and again and again is the best part for me, like of of the movie. It is fantastic. It is it is a battle of wits. Yeah, and he's able to take that line of hello. My name is Anigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to, to die. Mm. And like sometimes it's funny. Yeah, sometimes it's like sad. And then sometimes and then like towards the end, it's just like you're that's his battle cry and you're rallying with him as the audience. When he finally says it to the count and like it's he finally says it and he's saying it to the right, right. person. It really just like nails you in the heart. And it's it's funny with that line. Oh, sorry, Mitch. But uh, just to talk about like also how how well written the movie is, too, is that it takes that and it almost makes it a nothing moment the first time because he says it to the guy and then he immediately runs away. So it almost says to the audience like, yeah, that was like that was like a joke that we really built up. And then you're ready to accept yeah. that it's a joke that was built up very well. You're like, oh, nice joke. And then he says it again. You're like, oh, funny. And like I was saying, it just takes you on the whole like roller coaster. You know what other line in the yeah. movie has to be said over and over again in different inflections with different mm-hmm. meanings? As you wish. Say it. Say it. Say it. Inconceivable. 
Wallace Shawn absolutely is working that one word like Play-Doh in his hands. Inconceivable. Yeah, when he says it that time, it really makes me chuckle. Inconceivable. It is completely inconceivable. (laughs) Does someone say? (laughs) Does someone say when is this said? I know it's said. I don't know if it's to him. Does someone say? I don't think you know what that means. Yeah, he's saying that word. I don't think you know what it means. Maybe, maybe my favorite exchange in the movie. Oh, yeah. I can't physically best you, and you are no match for my brains. You're you're that smart. Let me put it this way: Ever hear of Aristotle, Plato, Socrates? Yeah, moron, moron. His delivery of it is so good too. It's so self-serious. Morons. Yeah, and you are no match for my brain. Oh, well, Brandon, who would you say gives the best performance? I mean, I'm with you guys, Mandy Patinkin, but it's, it's between, it's between Mandy and Wallace Shawn. I think, I think uh, Carrie um, and Robin Wright are great. I think they have a very compelling love story arc. Carrie is doing a lot. He's charming. He's funny. He's threatening. Yeah. Threatens women. Yeah. He threatens women. Yeah, this is one that I've been dying to ask you guys. Desert Island, favorite line in the movie. Not Ooh. like, not cherry picking other ones. What is your favorite line in the movie? There were two things I knew about this movie before I watched it. Mowage <laughs> and and my name is Anigo Montoya. Yes. Those two things. Man, wasn't it so much more interesting to hear that line in the context of this great, great movie instead of out of the mouth of an annoying Absolutely. guy at the bar? Or like on a big dogs t-shirt. Have you remember those big dogs t-shirts? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. And they were all they were always so punny. Yeah. Well, I think one of them had that on it. Okay, I'll say mine. It's the line that makes me laugh the most. The cliffs of insanity. Jeez, that's what this because, question was. This was how can I work oh, that back into the conversation? Because what does it mean? <laughs> it's been a whole six minutes since I said the cliffs of insanity. The cliff. It's just such a bizarre thing. <laughs> just, you know what I like the most? I like, and it's it's between the grandpa and the grandson. Fred Savage goes. Well, this isn't fair. And he goes, hold on. Whoever said life was yeah, fair. That's a good message for kids, actually. I think. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I have a hard time pinpointing what the exact quote would be, but just that whole like exchange. Who gets humperding? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Another another favorite line of mine. Oh, look between, who's cherry picking now. I didn't say my absolute favorite, but another line I love in that same vein is, and again, it's back to my contempt or lazy criticism is when they have the dream sequence and the sun like freaks out and has that whole thing you were just talking and then afterwards like he's like it was all a dream or whatever and he goes see grandpa I knew it he goes yes you're very smart now shut up (laughs) cause that's how I feel sometimes Uh, like when I'm watching movies with people and they're just like trying to ask me questions about it and I'm like just watch the movie watch the movie and then they'll be like ah see I told you yes you're very smart. So if it's like my all-time favorite, I think it's the one I said before. The This is true love. You think this happens every day. That really That's hit me great. like a ton of bricks. That's a great, great line. One. That's a great, great line. But if we can do a little bit of little this, little that. Wait, I, what? No, I'm saying we've established 
favorite line. Now okay. we can talk about all the other lines that people are are saying. Say this line. Say this line. One of the other ones that really made me laugh was when Andre the Giant says, "I don't even exercise." That just really was charming to me. Yes, we. I feel like should have been spending more time talking about Andre the yes. Giant. He so gentle. Like, I love him cla- when he. When he bonks the guy on the head and it's just like plunk, I think that was my, that was actually a spit take for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, it was so classic. And he's like, I think, I don't know what he says there, but it's something to the effect of, I think I bonked him too hard. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's funny because I, I don't know, I don't know very much about Andre the Giant. So I wonder if like he was cast first and they wrote around him or if he's like Maybe. really kind of like, you know, doing a lot with the character. I would bet that they kind of wrote around him. Yeah, I haven't read the book. I can't compare it to the movie at all, but I'm betting that they maybe wrote this the screen character a little more for Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense to me, man. I think it works, though. Yeah, agreed. Do you Here's hear one of my those favorite parts pre- of the movie? Honestly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the there's like a part at the end where Inigo can't get the door open. And Andre's carrying Carrie, so he just puts Carrie in a, on a suit of armor, and then he goes and knocks the door open. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I found these four he horses. Gest- he gestures like, there you go. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> just really, really funny to me. I love how much they love each other. Yeah. Yeah, you did something right. I won't let yeah. it go to my head. Yeah, I found these four white horses. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, there's four of us, so. Now, Mitch, as I said before this recording started, one of the things in the movie that I just don't know, it's a great line. It's a great line. Since the invention of the kiss, there were five kisses that were rated the most passionate, the most pure. See how much this it sounds one, like Scuttle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one left them all behind or whatever. And the kiss looks just the way it's shot. Looks fine. It's perfect for a kid's movie, though. Like, you, you're not going to be showing tongue. Like, this is a good, tasteful kiss. Ugh. You know, like, it's... I don't want to see tongue. That's what I'm saying. I don't like, want to see tongue either, but... This isn't a deep, you know... Like, Maybe this a nice isn't... swell with the music. Oh, I, I, I like it. It's like, we're wrapping up. <laughs> I don't know. Can I go? <laughs> I like that quality, too. <laughs> oh, Mitch, Mitch hates romance, everyone. No, because it just would have felt cliche if it was His favorite line in the movie is, this is true love. You think it happens every day? He hates romance. You know, my other favorite line in the movie, though, is starting a war is a long and glorious tradition. That also really <laughs> made me laugh, so, you know, I contain multitudes. <laughs> Any preconceived ideas I had about the Princess Bride before I started watching flew out the window the minute I laid eyes on Kevin Arnold and Columbo. The more I think about this movie, the more I realize how much I've been missing all these years. The Princess Bride takes some of the most elementary aspects of your standard fairy tale, turns them over on their head, sprinkles in the perfect casting, and creates this whole new amazing thing that has been making its way into people's hearts for years. Is this a kissing movie? Yeah, it is. And so much more. Is this a kissing movie? Sure, 
It's also got pirates, miracles, kidnapping, grandfathers, huge rats, beautiful male friendships, and so much more. The Princess Bride refuses to be put in a box, and I love that. I tried to think of another movie like this one, and nothing quite hits the mark. I look forward to the day when I can share this film with my nieces, as this movie will be passed down for as long as there are movies. Why? Because it is so much more than just a kissing movie. Scarlet and Rhett and Gone with the Wind, Baby and Johnny and Dirty Dancing, Upside Down Spider-Man and Mary Jane in Spider-Man. These are kissing movies. The Princess Bride? So much more than a kissing movie. You've got the shrieking eels, super, super scary. You've got a comedic format of interjections that drunk history basically ripped their whole show from. You've got incredible lines like, did I make it clear your job is at stake? One of the best things I've ever heard. Other incredible lines like, you seem a decent fellow, I hate to die. Fantastic. Quicksand, the number one killer in any movie. The Princess Bride is adventure, it's swashbuckling, it's romance, it's death, it's life, it's heroism, it's magic. It's the perfect fairy tale. Is this a kissing movie? Sure, but it's so much more. That was completely freestyled, and I just want to point out the genius of Zach Smith Michaels right now. He's pretty good. Usually we have a prepared written out synopsis ready to go, but but this this week we we do not. You know, my yeah. ooh was also off the cuff and I feel like it didn't receive the same level of praise and appreciation. going to do it for our episode on the cult classic the princess bride thank you for joining us we would love to hear your opinion on our episode or any other movie related topic so if you haven't already hop on over to our facebook page and join the conversation we can be found at the is it really podcast and don't forget subscribe on itunes stitcher spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and if you have a little spare time and you like what you hear we would love it if you would take a minute to rate and review our podcast we appreciate your support We will be back in two weeks with an episode on another cult classic, Fight Club. We'll see you then.